Another season of Super Rugby, uh, 2015 we are now, and this is Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, episode 166. I'm Rugby Reg, back again with me tonight. We've got a couple of special guests as we preview the Super Rugby season for 2015. Will from Waratah Land, how are you going, mate? Very well, thank you. Excellent. And Steve joining us once again from Canberra, the nation's capital. How are you going down there, Steve? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well. First time we've had this podcast since the post-NRC Grand Final, so um, I'm still reliving those glories and ignoring the war- the Wallaby uh, off-season tour that happened since then. So, Super Rugby season is upon us. We have had the trials. Tonight's going to be your, you know, pretty standard green and gold rugby season preview. We're obviously short a couple of provinces in the Rebels and... Uh, the uh, the force, force. there in the west. Oh, sorry, force fans, not forgetting you already. But um, our usual uh, uh, collaborators there are busy tonight, so we're going to cover off for you, lads. We want to talk trial form first of all. I guess let's take your opinion. Will trial form? How relevant is it? What are we looking to get out of a trial? Do you think? Look, I really think you you just want to see some of the uh, the newer players emerging and showing some form to to sort of stake their claim to be ready for Super Rugby and um, I guess the experienced players, you want them to get a bit of a hit out and uh, and sort of show that they're ready to go. Um, I don't think the results matter too much. As we've seen in seasons past, some teams have uh, great results during the trials and then it doesn't really turn into much and, and vice versa. But uh, look, it's, it's a great time of the season because I think uh, every Australian rugby fan can feel confident about how, how their team's going to fare this year. So... Plenty of optimism. And, and the great thing about trials, particularly these Australian teams, they're, they're generally done a bit differently. You know, they're, they're, we're taking on different teams in different locations, uh, which is fantastic. Steve, why don't you take us through uh, the Brumbies pre-season, who they played, what they did, and, and, and any takeaways you got from it? Okay, well, the Brumbies have had, had two trials during the pre-season. Uh, the first one, they ventured over to Perth to uh, take on the force. Um I think the the best thing about that was to see David Pocock back on the field. Yep. Uh, you know, he's been sorely missed, and it's good to see him back. And I'm not, not going to talk him up. I don't want to jinx him. I've had enough of that rubbish, and I don't want to see him on the sideline again. But uh, yeah, they took on the force and uh, went down 31-21 in that first game over there. Uh, you know, like you said, trial form's not not the be all and end all of the season. No one wins any trophies in January or early February. Uh, but yeah, it was good to. See. I think it was more about getting some combinations. You know, the Brumbies have cut a lot of ins of players this year, so I guess uh, head coach Steve Larkham just wanted to just check out a few combinations from those fringe players. Um, so yeah, like I said, they went down 31-21, and their next trial was over in Wagga, which is about two hours from Canberra, and they took on the the Highlanders from Otago, who made the trek over from the deep south. Uh, in that one, the Brumbies were up 19-0 and looking very good and some um, notable performances there from Tevita Kudrani at two tries. Uh, and he's looking very dangerous already. Uh, and then Henry Spate snared one as well. But then they put a, put the cue in their rack in a bit there and then the Highlanders came back with uh, 24 unanswered points to 
take away the win. 24-19 in front of a healthy crowd and Wagga, who is uh, coincidentally part of the, the Brumbies catchment area now. Yeah, right. So, so excellent. Like I say, take it to these new places, but losing both their games. But as you say, some interesting new combinations, and I guess as much as anything, a chance for Steve Larkham to, to show his full wares as the head coach on his own this year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's uh, got the, I guess, head coach uh, roll down to himself now after... Uh, Laurie Fisher departed, so you know he's got a good chance now to put his or stamp his trademark style on the Brumbies, and um, I guess it all starts now. Yeah. All right. You mentioned the that first game where the Force down the Brumbies, 31 to 21. The Force then went on and played a uh, Asia Pacific Dragons, which I think was a representative team, basically of Japanese players with a lot of uh, Pacific influence, coached by Tana Munga. And the Force ran away for pretty healthy winners there, 38 and 19, as you'd hope in that sort of environment. Uh, I think the Force, as you say, and as we say with all these trials, it's about combinations for these guys. They had a really good season last year, surprised a lot of people, and and this is a chance for them to uh, continue on. Uh, and I guess and just uh, start that season afresh and, and see how they're travelling. And by all reports, it was nice and positive. Try scored, um, plenty out wide. Had it, Paddy Godwin, Morahan, um, and the like. So, Force undefeated this preseason. We'll see how that carries through uh, once the season starts this weekend, uh, where they will play the Waratahs. But uh, so, Will, what about the Waratahs? What they do this preseason? So they had a slightly unusual pre-season. The uh, first trial was out at, um, at Parramatta um, for the Willio Cup day. And they this was a game of three halves, quite literally, where they played three <laughs> shoot shield teams for half an hour each. Um, and as I guess you'd expect, they, they sort of were quite comfortable winners in all of those. Um, I guess the things to take away from that, firstly, very few of the, the Wallabies played that game. Um, Cliff Palu... Uh, um, Kirtley Beal and um, they were probably about the and Ben Robinson were about the exceptions they, they got a bit of time on the field but the rest of them sat it out um, the big takeaway from it was probably that uh, to Kelly Nyaravaro is uh, very hard to stop from close range and, uh, and he's almost certain, the sounds of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit there. of a tongue twister um, but uh, he certainly looks like he's, he's going to get a start in round one and um, I think we'll play plenty of, uh, plenty of minutes this year and I think it uh, could be a bit of a Nemani Nadolo influence on the competition just with his size. So uh, if he can get his defence in order, he, he's going to be a bit of a weapon. So, And uh, then their second trial was, uh, again, um, outside the usual locations. They went down to Campbelltown where they played the Chiefs. Um, and the big, I guess, selling point of this one was, firstly, it's the only time we played the Chiefs this season, of course, outside the finals. And... Um, the uh, matchup between Izzy Falau and uh, Sonny Bill Williams, who who was fresh off his uh, boxing win against uh, some massive American who, <laughs> was, who was carrying weird. a lot of weight round his uh, <laughs> round his middle. Um, but yes, yeah, so the the Tars ran out uh, winners thirty eight thirty six in a very close game. Which um, look, it was it was very entertaining. The uh, the Chiefs had a lot. Sort of didn't travel with a lot of their best players, but uh, still had a, a pretty good attacking side on the on the field. Um, Rob Horn scored three tries. Uh, and Sakopi Kepper was excellent, and uh, Kirtley Bill was also very good. So, look, um, plenty to work on in defence for the Waratahs, but the attack looked fairly fluid. Um, the sort of the trademark offloading, I guess, they put together last season was there, and um, yeah, they, but really need to increase the physicality, sort of heading into a 
into week one. But um, certainly all the all the test players played, and um, but they've had a pretty light uh, pre-season, so they're, they're really just getting back into it now. So hopefully they're ready to go for this Sunday against the Force. Sensational. Now, uh, one of the other trials early on, the Rebels took on the Reds. Rebels travelled up to Cairns. Uh, to take on the Reds. The Reds another one of these lot who uh, like to take their games regionally, at least one regional. I was fortunate enough to be up there for that game, um, fortunate enough to be in Cairns. It wasn't the fan- most fantastic game to enjoy to watch at all. It was uh, the Rebels ran away 28-13, but as you can imagine, the heat up there, humidity, first trial match of the season, which is naturally barely scrappy, um, and that climatic influence was, was pretty significant, and it was really scrappy. A lot of drop ball. Um, the first half was only the one try when Tommy English raced away to score a try, sort of snatching the ball out of a, a Carmichael Hunt um, loose carry uh, from a probably, you know, a, a, a not the most direct pass from Duncan Payaua. So those two rookies for the Reds having an influence negatively early on. But second half, uh, all forwards really. Bowie Robinson scored a couple of tries for the Reds. Yeah, the 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 pushover, the, the rolling, driving mall that we saw a lot of from the Reds last year. Cruzar now scored a couple for the Rebels along with Tommy Sexton. So very much a forward-oriented game in that um, in that first trial for the Reds. As we say, some debutants for the Reds, so to speak. And and Carmichael Hunt was definitely the one that that stood out the most there, and we'll, we'll talk about him more a bit later. The man to stand out for the Rebels, I think I mentioned it in a, a bit of a pre-review I did of that game, was Geordie Reid who came on for them in the um, in the second half and really lift the tempo. But also I thought the Reds' influence was great. Dom Shipley outside centre, Jonah Placid on the wing, and, and Mikey Harris at fullback uh, in that first half uh, looked excellent. So some good signings there for the Rebels. Rebels then went on and played the Highlanders, um, and when it came away with the win, 25-24, so another high scorer. Uh, I think they scored a late try to, to take it off there. That Those same sort of names there on the score sheet. Jonah Placid scored, Dom Shipley scored, uh, Mitch Hidman, the man um, from Melbourne, did well as well. So uh, Rebels finished the season, I think as they did last year, uh, undefeated. So we'll call them the pre-season champions um, alongside the Force. Uh, and the Reds just played uh, at Ballymore on Friday night, took on the Crusaders. Fantastic crowd, great atmosphere, 11,000, um, massive numbers. I think the, the catering struggled, as it is its want at Ballymore. But, geez, what a game. And, you know, I don't want to get overexcited and again, I'll talk about it, and it was a trial match. But the, the, the difference between this Reds from the Rebels game to this Crusaders was dramatic. Um, the Reds ran away winning 35-12, to 12, had scored four tries in the first half um, to Crusaders nil. So a lot to like from that performance. Good attack, obviously, um, but some really solid defence, but just some good shape in the backs, which was good to see. So um, the Reds will start the season with some confidence uh, as they enter into their first game on Friday night versus the Brumbies. We'll talk about those games in a second. We've still got this focus on the season as a whole, um, and we're going to go through now, guys, and just yeah, talk through the teams and, and different elements. Will, I'm going to start with you in the Waratahs, obviously the reigning champions. Um, what's the biggest thing they've got going for them this year? What, what do you reckon they'll do well again this year? I think it's just really the continuity from last year. There's there's really been very few changes um, in the squad. Uh, the the notable loss is is Kane Douglas, who who is going to be very hard to replace at lock. But um, and uh, they lost a loafer, a loafer as well on the wing, who sort of had, came and came, won a Super Rugby title and went. But um, I think they'll find him pretty easy to replace in that 
Naya Avora will play a lot. They've also got uh, signed Clooney's Ross, Andrew Kellaway, um, and Peter Beetham, who missed a lot of last season through injury, should be uh, back on deck um, very soon. But, uh, yeah, so that continuity from last year, and look, they, they're going to be looking to, to do exactly the same as they did last year. Uh, a lot of physicality, really strong defence, and, um, and really sort of... Uh, play that offloading game and attack and really try to sort of punch through the opposition and uh, and get those offloads to make breaks. So, uh, look, if they can get that sort of forward dominance and uh, and physicality again, uh, their sort of halves combination of uh, Phipps, Foley and Beal should really uh, sort of provide a strong attack for them. So, look, they'll be trying to do more of the same, not, not get complacent, and uh, but, look, there'll be a target on their backs this year. So uh, let's see how they go. Hey, did Foley play much in the trials? I actually didn't, can't recall seeing his name mentioned much in the reviews and so on. Uh, he did play against uh, in the second in the trial second against trial, the Chiefs, okay, yep. probably about sixty minutes yep. or so, and um, yeah, he, he looked he looked fine. So excellent. Um, yep. All right, uh, Steve. What about you, mate? Down in, with the Brumbies, what's what's their biggest asset? What's going their way? I reckon their backline this year is going to be something to keep an eye on. Like, no, been discussing them in the past, but um, I guess now you could say that every starting backline player has now got Wallabies experience. Um, you know, even So starting Nick White, Matt Tamua, Joe Tamani, um, Christian Lilofano, Kurudroni, now even Henry Spate, uh, and Jesse Mogg if he does make it back um, soon. So I reckon that's going to... Uh, and, and with Steve Larkham running the show there and, and being as um, experienced and knowledge as he is in backline play, I think uh, he's going to pretty much give them a you know free run as as to you know take it as as you can see it and hopefully with those uh, guys like especially like Henry Spate uh, crossing the line regularly I reckon there'll be one thing to look out for and, and possibly even their their front row as well so Stephen Moore you know he suffered that uh, terrible knee injury five minutes into his Test captaincy debut back in June so he should be right to maybe start off the bench but just having his experience back and also the captaincy next to his name uh, and alongside like Scott Co and uh, Ben Alexander their front row should um, go pretty well this year I reckon it's an impressive unit uh, tell us about Jesse Mogg how has he gone in the trials and, and, and do we expect him to be 15 when the team's named tomorrow um, he hasn't played any of the trials he went, underwent a shoulder reconstruction uh, late last year, uh, midway through the NRC, and uh, he was expected to miss a couple of the first few games, but uh, Steve Larkham said the other day that pretty much the majority of the squad, bar one or two, are available for selection, um, and he didn't specifically mention that he was out, so um, I reckon he'll probably come off the bench just because yep. uh, Robbie Coleman has, has been yep. playing at 15 in the trials. Yep, okay, excellent. All right, from a Reds perspective, uh, to me, it's our forward pack. We saw glimpses of it last year and, and notably against the Brumbies up there at Suncorp in a, a game we lost but should have won but we our, our forward pack in the, in the scrum and the driving more showed some glimpses of, of some really strong work. I think it developed in the NRC where particularly the, the Brisbane City team under Nick Styles as head coach uh, created a fantastic scrum and, and, and again culminated in that grand final when a pretty young front row really took it to that, that uh, Perth spirit pack in the front row who had some wallaby experience and we've seen enough I've seen enough of it in the trials to see it once again so we scored a, a penalty try from a scrum against the Crusaders on Friday night 
Uh, we scored a couple of tries to Bo Robinson in that Rebels trial from driving balls from the line-out. We saw similar in the Crusaders game. Our, our forward pack is becoming a weapon. It's no longer just making do. It's becoming a weapon now. That's fantastic, and we need the backs to, backs to make take advantage of that. But if we can get that set piece more than just holding our own, but really taking it to the opposition... Um, I, I hope it's got to develop that confidence in the backs that they can, they can, they know they're going to get good ball. They've got a chance to use it. They don't have to, uh, they don't have to do it all themselves. They can rely on their pack. Oh, I'm really excited about what that Reds pack can produce this year, um, particularly when you add a bit of uh, of the unexpected in with Adam Thompson once he gets started. So uh, that's a pretty exciting one from a Reds perspective. Um, what about the other teams, guys? Force and Rebels. Will any thoughts on them? Force surprised a few last year. Um, thoughts on what they might be able to achieve this year? Yeah, I think the big thing they achieved in in 2014 was was learning how to win. They'll they'll now feel confident that they can they can take out those close games and they can beat pretty much anyone in the competition. Um, I think Kyle Godwin is is really going to be the the centerpiece of of their backline this year. Um, he's sort of been pushing for Wallaby selection for for ages and uh, kept getting thwarted by injuries. He's now been on a, a tour and in a squad and and look, he he must be really hoping to assert himself this year and push for for a World Cup spot. And um, Angus Cottrell in the Fords, who had a bit of a breakout year last year, and so that's a, a bad pun seeing as he finished <laughs> the season with a broken leg. So, but uh, he's he's back and fit now, and I think he'll be looking to have a really big year and. He really provided sort of some dynamism in their back row last year with some really powerful running and and physicality and look they'll need those guys to stand up with uh, Matt Hodgson injured at the start of the season. So, and what about the the Rebels? You reckon they're any chance they've recruited strongly? They've got such a strong forward pack, and I think that sort of showed through most of the uh, the NRC having quite a I guess similar side there to their Super Rugby team, um, particularly in the back row where they've they've got such such depth. They've sort of got three or four guys who are quality sevens and also end up playing six, and then uh, some sort of skill and size in Higginbotham and Tamani. But uh, look, I think Sean McMahon's going to be going to be a big player for them this year again. Last year he sort of broke onto the scene, but this year I think he's really going to become an elite player in the competition and. Um, and those uh, recruits from the Reds uh, during the off-season, I think, have really added a bit of class to their back line. Uh, Mike Harris is a good organiser. And then uh, Dom Shipley uh, is certainly... He seems well and truly back from his shocking shocking leg injury. And um, and Jonah Placid also seems to be sort of coming of age and uh, and showing some that he's ready for Super Rugby. Yeah, I'm excited about those guys. Again, uh, you know, watching them closely through the red system. It was interesting to see Shipley played out out centre, and he really handled it well. He handled, you know, he's almost that Jason Little type, that really athletic, um, strong, uh, fast, good skills, good on his feet. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he develops there and whether he stays there. Uh, for the season, then Jonah Placid, who's only still young, um, on the wing there with with Mike Harris or uh, Cam Crawford at fullback. Placid had showed a lot of speed in the games I saw and a lot of elusiveness. So yeah, some real talent there. So force and rules. It's a really good conference looking conference there. And you know, as you've seen, we can make arguments for all of them. But let's let's look at what's holding these teams back. And Steve, we'll start with you and the Brumbies. What's what's going against them? What's working against them this year? Uh, once again, I think the um, turnover of players, which in the fringe part of the squad is um, 
going to maybe hurt them just with a lack of experience and coming on towards the end of games and just trying to hold on to a lead. There's a lot of uh, guys have brought in who are either uncapped or have single digits next to their name in the in the in the caps area. So that's one area of concern. They've recruited three guys from the local system, and I believe most of them have been training during previous off seasons, um, just whilst the, the Wallabies contingent were away and just just getting to know the system and the players and things like that. But um, you know, you can dominate so many tackle bags and witches hats, but when it comes to the game day, it's that's when it really counts. And I think it, it has hurt them a bit in the past. And I think this, like it's getting better, but I just think, uh, like you look at some of the, the, the big names, uh, like Ben Alexander this week reaches 100 caps. Yeah, it blew me away. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And then you look at uh, who would be come on his as a replacement, you're looking at less than 20 caps there yeah, for right. any any of the possible replacements. Yeah, okay. Um, so what about you, Will? Waratahs, do you think uh, Leydan was there or you got any concerns? Look, I think the biggest concern in the squad is probably trying to replace Kane Douglas. Um, it, it looks very strongly like... Uh, We'll be playing a fair few uh, converted back rowers at locked at various points of the season. Um, Dave Dennis, particularly on his return from injury, looks like he'll play the majority of his rugby this year at lock. Um, I think Mitch Chapman will be important to the side after missing uh, pretty much everything last year with uh, an Achilles injury. Um, but yeah, Will Skelton will really be required to step up this year and... Um, and look, he he looks unbelievably fit. Uh, he's he's lost a lot of that sort of that puppy fat, and um, and really looks like he'll be playing cl- sort of close to eighty minutes a lot this year. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, with those converted locks and uh, skeletons obvious obvious uh, problems in the scrum for the Wallabies, hopefully they'll get get past that and have a decent set piece. And um, but look, every every team in the competition will be out to get them this year. So. Uh, Look, they're going to have to really uh, keep that physicality up and that brick wall defence if uh, if they want to uh, finish up around the top of the table again. So, yeah, fascinating. It's one of the true, um, uh, you know, really intriguing parts of this season is to see how any team, grand final, premier winning team, backs up, and uh, the Waratahs have it for them too. That the they played such great rugby last year and deserved the win. 100%. It'll just be really interesting to see how they can, uh, how can they back it up under pressure. Um, from a Reds perspective, uh, look, guys, I'm really concerned. You know, we, we've talked about, and a lot of people have talked about our recruitment in the off season, and there's no doubt it's been very good. Adam Thompson, Carmichael Hunt, James O'Connor, uh, are three huge signings, and, and potentially, you know, all will play a, a significant part in this season. My concern is that at least two of those. Uh, in O'Connor and Thompson seem to have come with injuries. Um, O'Connor hasn't played for since before Christmas. I think Thompson's the same. So um, really worried about those guys. Uh, O'Connor's uh, hasn't played any of their trials despite being back here since early January. Apparently tonsillitis last week. Rumours saying that it might not have been that as well. I'm led to believe he'll he'll get named in the team tomorrow. We'll wait and see, but I'm really concerned that those guys are going to end up being match by match propositions. Um, Carmichael Hunt's played well and, and and he's fit, but again, I know he missed a lot of footy for the for the Suns in recent years. The concern stretches to the likes of um, uh, Robbie Simmons, who's we're led to believe has come back with a shoulder niggle from the Wallaby tour, and will be a match by match prospect. 
I'm, I believe James Slipper is similar. We all know how much footy he's played of Leighton as a front rower. Um, that's got to take it out in your body. Quade Cooper's obviously had his long-term injury. Uh, Benny Tapwise is not due back yet. We haven't seen Lockie Turner yet. We've got a really good squad, and I'm really confident, and as I say, they look good the other night, with some young guys stepping up. But there are a lot of injuries there, and, and, and that just concerns me. The, the genesis between that 2011 win was continuity in, in, in performance and on the field and the, the teams. Cooper and Genny are playing pretty much the whole season. So we'll see how they go. Um, I hope it's not too much of a negative for them and, and we get the guys on the field and they stay there. Just uh, on that, Reg, yeah, just the, with the injuries with the Reds, is it a third of the squad are out with for reasonable period of time injuries? Oh, mate, I, I don't know about reasonable. I think the main long-term ones are, you got Quaid, obviously, uh, Holmes, he was almost due back. He, we thought he was going to miss him for most of the season. He was due to come back and then hurt his thumb in a line-out lifting exercise. Uh, so he's going to be out for, uh, they're saying seven weeks. I heard him interviewed. He might be back a bit earlier, which will be good. Um, and I think Eddie Quirk's gone for a while. The other guys, McDooling, Ben, uh, ben Daly, we know he's back last week. McDooling, uh, Tapawai, Simo, I think uh, around two sort of things so I think I think we're not too bad but but I think they're, they're just they're carrying those niggles which makes me concerned they could be back for one week and go on the next week no idea what Lockie Turner's up to I haven't spoke I haven't heard anything from him okay. um, Steve the, the force mate you, you talk about great to have Pocock back and what an influence he is for, for their team I would have thought the loss of Hodgson for the force is a fairly significant one for them and, and, and may and may be a, 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 an impact to their performance early on yeah, that's a big loss for the force. Like he uh, finally got back himself back into the Wallabies uh, squad, and that was going going places there. And I don't think he played too many games on the tour, but just to get back there is a good thing. But losing his him as well as the captaincy is, is a big thing um, for the, the force. Like they probably have the cover there for him in probably Stander and maybe Alcock. I believe would yeah. probably fill the void there. But just his on field presence and his uh, efforts at the ruck and just you know, getting in there and doing the dirty work, I'm just not sure that they can match that and uh, you know, he's, a, he's a game winner by himself and I think they'll just lose that a bit and just from last year, like you know, people were surprised and obviously Force fans weren't uh, I think this time around uh, teams may have worked out uh, how to, how to beat them um, and not be as surprised. Like there were teams that went over there and to Perth to the force field and, and came back with their tails between their legs. Yeah, right. So they'll be gunning from this year. No longer this element of surprise. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And what about the Rebels? Will, you know, you've talked they'd have some good recruitment. They've got some good players there, McMahon and so on, a pretty decent forward pack. Anything holding them back, do you reckon? Look, I, th- I think it's probably in their halves. They probably don't have a really elite super rugby pairing there. Like, I think they're, they're still sort of battling between um, whether Luke Burgess or Nick Stazak is their, their better number nine. And, um, look, I've, it's a former Waratah, I've always been a big fan of uh, Burjo, but, um, look, he, he's, he's getting on. But uh, I think the problem for the Rebels is that Stazaka still hasn't obviously passed him, and they kind of mm. need that to happen to, to really progress that team. And who knows who's going to play 10, whether it's going to be Harris, um, uh, Deborah Shenny or, uh, or um, Hegarty. And look, I think Harris is probably the best organiser of the three, but he's, he's probably not in that sort of upper echelon of uh, Super Rugby number 10. So 
I think that's probably the area that's going to hold them back. It's it's probably hard to to really do that well in Super Rugby without having a class pairing in that in that sort of key position to to lead the team around the park and uh, I guess spark the attack. So I think that's that's their, that's going to be their issue this year and uh, a lot of how they how they go will will depend on how the that pairing sort of comes together. Yeah, I think you're bang on. I think that 10 position is really critical who they picked there. The first trial I saw, they picked Debrecini to start there and Harris was at fullback, which surprised me because I thought, I, I agree, I think their long-term issue has been that controller at 10. So when they signed Harris, I naturally thought they'd play there. Debrecini played actually really well the first quarter and continued on his NRC form. Unfortunately, got concussed uh, as he almost scored a try. Um, but then Hegarty came on and Hegarty actually played pretty well. Harris moved into fly half later on and, and, and was as solid as he is. I think you're right. I think they'll stick with Harris to start the season. It's so critical not to not to blow things early on, um, early on the season, particularly when you've got to start with a, an away game in Christchurch. So teams to come, and we'll talk about that, but that's the one thing the Rebels, I agree, need to get right uh, in this game. Um, let's talk on uh, new faces. that we, We've talked about the squads and so on. Uh, tell us about um, the Waratahs. Who's some of these new faces, Will, that you expect we'll see a bit of this this year? Look, I, I think uh, probably the, the most exciting one who, who did play a little bit last year, but I think he he's really sort of uh, coming into his own now is uh, Tekeli Nyaravoro. There's that, there's that name again. Um, he's, he'll probably, if he, if he starts the season well, he could end up doing what a loafer a loafer did last year and uh, end up starting the majority of the games. Um, there's also Andrew Kellaway, uh, as Sean Maloney called him in the NRC, the fire, <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think he'll get a he'll get a go before too long. And um, look, he's he's young, but at every level he's stepped up from sort of schoolboys up so far. He's uh, excelled. So look, he, he's one to w- watch out for. And the other signing in the forwards, I think uh, Sam Lousy, who uh, Another left field recruit from Michael Checker, who brought him across from from the NRL from the uh, New Zealand Warriors, and look, he's he's looked not too bad in the trials. He's uh, he's also been used in the lineouts a fair bit, and um, there is there is talk that he could could make his debut off the bench in round one. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes and how much of a whether he's actually um, sort of has much of an impact on Super Rugby this year, but. Uh, those are the three names to watch out for. Yeah, that Lewis is a fascinating one to see. It's, those uh, conversions in, into the forwards from league uh, are few and far between. You know, the Brad Thorns and Peter Ryan's sort of jumped to mind, and Thorn obviously went all the way. Ryan, a very solid performer for the Brumbies with a championship under his belt, but uh, there's not many of them. Uh, talk about the Brumbies. Steve, what about you? Anyone new coming through the Brumby system to keep an eye on? Yeah, like I said before, there's been a bit of a turnover in players in the off-season. Um, but the uh, the big areas they had to really recruit in were the second rowers, and they've named, uh, signed some two big giants. And Rory Arnold, who stands at 208 centimetres, one of the tallest guys going around, uh, he's come out of the uh, Curry Cup system. Of, and he's not, not a South African. He's, he's a Wagga boy, apparently. Uh, and also in the second row, they've signed uh, Blake Enova down from the Reds. I I think he may have um, been roadblocked up there, so he's just come down here for um, a couple of, uh, I think, two seasons I think he signed for. I'm yep. not sure on that. I guess he was behind uh, Horwell and Simmons and maybe a few others up there. Um, we've also signed James Dargaville, who was a bit of a, uh, a name running around the shoot shield from Sydney University, so I'm hoping that he can probably make uh, the 23 um 
there's a few other names you'll go up against, but I'm expecting some good things from him. And uh, Nigel Arwong, who was involved in the red system, I believe you might Yeah, know massive him. fan of Arwong. I think he's a fantastic yeah. player. So he came down to Canberra um, early in the year last year and played for the Tuggeranong Vikings and the Canberra Vikings, and he was quite quite solid and um, even uh, bagged a hat-trick in the local club grand final. So he's got a broken arm at the moment, but uh, sustained against the force in that first trial. But um, you know, he's, he's pretty big and um, quick on his feet, so hopefully he can get back in there and um, show us what he can do. Awesome stuff. Well, I know from the Reds I've talked about three, Hunt, uh, O'Connor and Thompson, who all have huge roles to play this year. Hunt probably more so now that uh, Cooper's out and he'll likely start at 10 uh, this weekend versus the Brumbies, and depending on how he goes for a few games at least. He also carries a lot of the off-field burden. He's vice-captain, obviously, but I know as a profile, as a name, um, he does a lot of media, does a lot of corporate stuff, and so will be very important for the Reds. But if you're talking real young guys, I think someone on the forum made the excellent comment that I think we'll look back in a few years' time at this Brisbane City team from last year and go, wow, that was a pretty impressive team. When you look at particularly those front rowers, um, uh, Sam Talaki, who will probably make his debut this weekend at tight head prop, uh, Patoa Poraka, who will be very close to making his debut this year, um, Seth Fargazi, another tight head prop uh, from the uni club, uh, an excellent scrummager. Uh, these guys, you know, to have this new breed of prop coming through Queensland rugby um, is really exciting. Then out wide, uh, Chris Kurandrani, we saw a, a glimpse of last year. Uh, the Black Panther, they call him down at Jeeps Rugby Club. Uh, a, a wonderful player, his old man, played for uh, for Queensland back in the late 80s. Uh, also Australia A against the British Lions, I'm pretty sure. Um, and his big brother is Namani Nadolo. So he was very close to going to Christchurch and then the Crusaders uh, for this season. But thankfully the, the, the Reds snagged him. And I, and I would suggest he'll get a, a starting run this weekend. Um, and, and young Campbell Magne, who's a 17-year-old and might even be 18 now from the Jeeps Club again, hasn't even played first-grade club rugby yet, played Colts last year and uh, played for Queensland Country last year in the NRC and has come off the bench... Oh, sorry, he started in one of the trials and come off the bench for the other one. Has really impressed me. He's a big lump of the lad. The Reds call him Brad Myers because he's a big, big tall redhead. Um, but he's, he's really a real talent. Whether he gets a Super Rugby cap this year, we'll see, but definitely one to keep an eye on. So, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm going to jump over to the force here and, and say we'll call him a new face. Everyone knows a face. Everyone loves a face. But we thought he was gone. Nick Cummins, what a signing this guy is. Uh, you know, he was off to Japan. We didn't think we'd see him again. But he's back for the force. He's injured at the moment. We'll be out for a couple of weeks and hopefully back in World Cup contention. So, gosh, you can't underestimate the impact that the Honey Badger has for the force rugby, but also for Australian rugby. Will, not a bad one. Oh, excellent to see him back. Uh, I think uh, every Australian rugby fan is keen to see him back on the field and uh, also keen to see a f- hear a few post-match interviews. So good to see the Badger back in, back in uh, Super Rugby. And probably the other one is um, another sort of uh, return to Australian rugby is uh, big Steve Murphy, who's, uh, I think he was in the Waratah system but never actually sort of progressed beyond the under-20s or something a few years ago. And then uh, I believe he went and played for the Leicester Tigers for a yep. few years and... Uh, now he's back. He played the NRC for the um, the Greater Sydney Rams, and he's he's over in Perth now. And uh, look, I, th- I think he'll be, he should uh, play plenty of rugby for them this year, and can really play six, eight, or uh, at lock. So uh, 
he's a, a big uh, lump of a lad and uh, he'll, uh, he should go well this year. Yeah, great to see. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, the Rebels have a couple of interesting ones. I think one... All Australian rugby fans should be interested to see how they go. Tom Sexton, who's uh, uh, Australian-eligible hooker, uh, who missed most of last year through injury. I think he missed all the whole season, uh, at least from a Super Rugby perspective. Got a couple of runs in the NRC, will be back this year. And he'll, you know, if he plays to form, he's a very real candidate for Wallaby selection, albeit that we do have some good depth in hooker. (laughs) Probably forced on us a little bit last year, but um, uh, some talent there. The other one is Sefa Neovalu, who came through a legitimate Victorian rugby uh, system and, and played Victorian Melbourne Club rugby and then played for the NRC last year and, and snagged a Rebels contract from that. It was a, a very exciting outside back, sort of outside centre, bit of wing. And uh, again, he, he showed some glimpses of class uh, for the Rebels against the Reds up in Cairns there. So a lot of new faces for people to keep an eye on in Super Rugby season and, and who knows, there may be others that we haven't even mentioned. Um, yeah, but just, just on that, Rich, yep. we, we can't forget the golden oldie signing for the, the Rebels oh, in Ricky Samo. Of course, yes. DK. This he's is back. remarkable, isn't it? I hope he's got his uh, golden oldie shorts because does anyone know how old he is? <laughs> no one knows how old he is. It's just incredible. I mean, it's two thirds of the Reds' uh, premiership winning back row there and then with um, Samo and Higginbotham. But um, that, is there that... any truth to the rumor that they're going to chant "We were red" down there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon the Reds have got about ten boxes of Radiki Afro wigs still in their storeroom somewhere there. They could probably sell to the uh, to the Rebels if they wanted to do a first first game promotion sometime but what a that'll be another one fascinating to watch big DK back on the field um, well what about the big improver who's you know someone that we, we may have known but you, we expect to see uh, you know who, who may surprise us on the field this year from the TARS perspective uh, Will look I think the two guys who really stood out in the NRC and both quite similar players both sort of positionally and style are uh, Jed Holloway and Tyler Gray um, they're probably two of the best sort of sixes and eights in the uh, in the competition, and um, both are absolutely ready for Super Rugby. I think Jed Holloway's best chance this year is probably to play a, a little bit of lock um, because that's where the tars are short. But uh, look, both these guys I think will will fit in seamlessly to Super Rugby and uh, and will go well for the Waratahs. They just just need to get their chance, and and hopefully they will this year because um, they're too good not to be playing. So. Uh, I think uh, for the Waratahs, it might be a case of uh, use them or lose them this year. So uh, hopefully they get on the field a fair bit and can uh, show their wares because they're both sort of barnstorming runners and uh, really provide some physicality in the forward pack. So they're my two to watch. Yeah, good stuff. Steve, have we lost you yet? Yeah, it looks like we've lost Steve. Yeah, from the Brumbies, interesting ones. There's a couple of guys there that stand out from our perspective. Uh, Robbie Coleman, who's been there thereabouts, and should start this season. Season, you know, in that starting 15 jersey, he surprised a few last year in the wing. He's a sort of wee lad, but he he plays above his weight and his height. Um, but if he's got this chance to play in that starting team, knowing that the spot's his until, um, you know, particularly given Jesse Mogg's recent form, he's one that could really uh, sort of stake a bit of a claim for that. Jared Butler's the other other one who stands out. Now we say a big improver, but I, I think a lot of people underestimated him last year. And uh, how he fits in the team now that Pocock's back, 
big foe who's injured for a little while, he may slip back straight to eight. But uh, Butler's another one to watch, and, and who knows from where uh, another good season from Butler might end up for him. And he was he was excellent in the NRC. Like was, the the yeah. Canberra side wasn't wasn't particularly good, but he probably held that team together and and really sort of has seemed to become a bit bit of a senior player, even though he's he's very young. And uh, I I agree with you completely. He's he, it's probably hard to squeeze him out of the side at the moment. Um, you might even see Foto Alua uh, having to come off the bench for a while yeah. to, and getting some sort of impact minutes late in the game because I think Butler's too good to leave out at the moment for the yeah. Brumbies. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's that natural leader you talk about, which which helps. No one is, necessarily has a C next to his name, but just one of those guys who, who people respect and, and follow. Uh, from a Reds perspective, there's two guys I want to mention here, and they're, they're almost at either end of the spectrum. And the one guy I've spoken a, a fair bit about, and I know I did through the NRC, is JJ Talungi. Now, JJ had a rough Super Rugby season last year. He showed glimpses of some very handy skills, but also some shocking <laughs> uh, performances. He improved in the Super Rugby. I think he enjoyed that type of rugby. Oh, sorry, in the NRC, he enjoyed that type of rugby. Um, showed a lot more skill, really match break for Queensland country. Um, and as the, their season developed, they, they definitely improved. And you can see he played with a lot more confidence. Now, he started uh, at fullback for the Reds versus the Crusaders and was fantastic. Uh, it was He scored a, a wonderful try, uh, the first try for the Reds. Um, but was dangerous all night. But more important than that was was very solid all night. Made some very critical last line of defence tackles, put in some really good kicks, um, and showed a really solid game all round. So I'm I'm hoping JJ um, has a really good season for the Reds. Not sure whether we're getting the starting team with with O'Connor around and all that sort of stuff. Hopefully he's, he's probably a chance with Quaid out and Carmichael likely to play ten. But uh, one to watch. Now the other guy on the other end of the spectrum, as I say, is Will Genia. Two games I've watched them this season, and they are probably the best two Will Getting games I've seen for a number of years. He just had that right mix of sniping um, and and really good clearance, good, accurate, effective kicking, um, and wonderful defence again. Some some of the tackles he put on versus the Crusaders were just brilliant. Uh, genuinely, this is the Will Genia we've se- we haven't seen probably since 2011, maybe 12 sort of thing. So. Really exciting to see Will back to uh, that his real element when he was one of the best in the world. Um, what about from the force, Will, from your perspective? Well, I think the the player they, they're really going to need to to step up at the at the start of the season is um, is uh, Chris Alcock, who will be replacing Hodgson at uh, open side flanker. Yeah. And look, he's he's sort of been around the traps a bit. He was at the Waratahs for a, for a couple of seasons and then he's uh, been at the force for the last few years. And he's, um, he's a really good player and he's always threatening with ball in hand, a very sort of s- sneaky ball runner who, who has a habit of breaking tackles um, and, a, and a bit of a, a, um, a, a pest around the rucks. So, um, look, but they really need him to go to another level this season because uh, he's got big shoes to fill and, uh, his sort of strong performances could take them a long way towards sort of getting their season underway uh, well in the absence of Hodgson. But the other ones, I think, in the at the he'll probably be fullback. Uh, Dane Haylett Petty. Mm. Um, he sort of he sort of took a while to get to really get going at, in Super Rugby last year after his return from France. But um, really looks like he's sort of hit his straps now, and he's a really good all-around rugby player. He's got a good kicking game. He's good under the high ball and, and pretty good in attack as well. And, look, I, I think he's he's a real key player for them this year. And 
as I mentioned earlier, Angus Cottrell. They need him to, to really uh, come back from, from injury well and, and really have that physicality in their pack because he, he sort of looked like a, a young guy who was going places. So uh, he'll be one to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. And if I can talk to the Rebels, I think we talk, talk, you know, we've talked about Jack Taprazini a bit and he was just so bloody good in that NRC and, you know... Far gapped everyone in terms of leading point score and just controlled game well and maintained his short kicking games. Probably one of the best in the code uh, in Australia. He looked the goods in that first trial I saw. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops. But I think in that pack again, it's the likes of the Caden Neville. Probably you know he's got a shot of a World Cup squad if he can get back to the form he was a couple of years ago. Uh, super talented player, big lad, um, a big heart, and and you know has got. Uh, I think he's got the goods to make a, a very good Wallaby lock. So if he can continue on his proven, I think, again, we've seen it on the slide slowly, but he really needs to start the season all guns are blazing to give that uh, uh, momentum to that Rebel pack and, and give him a shot at that World Cup. So that's it. That's a bit of a glimpse at our uh, Super Rugby teams in Australia. We've started with three, down to two, just you and I now, Will, which is probably all right. It's Heartland Territory, New South Wales, Queensland. Absolutely. Um, well, let's take the chance and let's focus on the micro now and, and look at this weekend's games. We'll start with the three most significant games for us. We've got the first game uh, is the Crusaders versus the Rebels. So the Rebels are travelling across to Christchurch. Uh, we'll take on the Crusaders on Friday afternoon, our time. Interesting matchup. This Crusaders are traditionally slow starters to the competition. Um, the Rebels... <laughs> I think they lost all three trials, didn't they? The yeah. Crusaders yeah. Uh, lost their probably their starting halfback at least for the start of the season. Willie Hines had a shocking leg injury, and um, look, I have to say that the Rebels are going to start sort of quite big outsiders in this one. But it's a it's a good time to get their first win in New Zealand ever in Super Rugby, and I think they're a real chance. Um, Look, I, I'm, I'm going to have a, a, a sneaky uh, couple of dollars on them, I think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the Rebels are a real shot here. I, I agree. The, the, it's interesting. The Crusaders, I don't know if they just held stuff in their back pocket because they, they weren't, and I don't want to belittle the Reds win, but particularly in the first half last week, they didn't look good, mate. Their, their game plan was pretty one-dimensional. Um, Carter looked solid, but he missed a 1,000 tackles. It's interesting this week that they rushed back. Richie McCaw, he'll start on the blind side with Matt Todd at open side. Um, so, you know, they recognise the importance of, of getting that sort of kick along and, um, you know, with Dan Carter at 10, it's a pretty crucial combination for them. But uh, I'm with you, mate. I, I'm, not as convinc- I'm not convinced the Crusaders, this is going to be a walk in the park for them, um, assuming the Rebels can get their, you know, their right team on the, on the field. So they're a, a good shot there. So what do you reckon? You're going to pick the Rebels? Go Rebels! Yeah, let's uh, let's bring this one home. Go the Rebels! Let's not be accused of any bias, but I'm the same. All right, Brumbies Reds, good. I get to do this preview because uh, Steve abandoned us. But um, massive challenge. Obviously, it was the same game last year that uh, Reds fans had all sorts of hope. You know, we we won. We scored two great tries at Aiden Tour epic, and then uh, uh, Chris Fawaya Sortia scored one from a Jesse Mogg fumble. It'll be an interesting one, this one. I think teams, again, will be named tomorrow, and, and it's we welcome back some players. David Pocock for the Brumbies, uh, whose influence on that team cannot be underestimated. 
and uh, then uh, Carmichael Hunt, uh, the, the big one for the Reds, uh, and with James O'Connor expected to make his debut too. There's been some talk whether Adam Thompson will come straight into the starting lineup with Curtis Browning on the bench. I suspect they'll stick with Browning and Thompson will come through the bench. The other interesting one will be Locke. Um, Simmons isn't quite ready. Uh, it's whether they bring Ed Donoghue in to start or they maintain Marco Kotze, who's... Uh, Formerly of the Brumbies, played a bit of the Brumbies system. He's a South African, came across, Jake White brought him across to the Brumbies. Didn't get much game time, didn't get any game time, and came up to Queensland, played club rugby up here again, played in NRC, and has made the red squad. Just one of those hard-ass, you know, tight forwards that you want in a team. Obviously, a bit of South African grunt about him. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts and, and, and Ed finishes the game a bit later. So, really interesting one. I think the Reds will have the edge in the pack. Uh, and that set piece and that play, we're remembering, like I said, that Brumbies game last year at Suncorp Stadium, we scored, uh, I think, two pushover tries, one of which might have been a penalty try as well, uh, albeit against their, their replacement front row. But we've got better, and I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really quite confident about this one from a forward pack perspective. It's just about how that back line clicks, and uh, I've got plenty of hope there. What about you, Will? What's your thoughts? Yeah, really hard to pick this one. Yeah, um, it is. It's... Uh... And, and probably was hard to pick last year as well, and the, the Reds obviously got up in in that game. But uh, I think Pocock's captaining, captaining the Brumbies this uh, weekend, with, which will mean I think Stephen Moore is playing, but will will come off the bench. Yep. Um, so he'll get his sort of reintroduction to rugby. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to tell. I'd, I'd probably just just go with the the Brumbies on the fact that they're they're the home team, but um, really ha- having difficulty splitting them. So it should be a good game, though. Yeah, it will be, mate, and, and, and that's legitimately as, as good as a reason in any to tip these first-round games. Sometimes when these close ones, you often go with that home team advantage. I think I saw some ridiculous stat that there weren't many away team wins last year at all, so particularly early in the season, it's a it's a fair call, but um, I'll, I'll be sticking with my Reds boys. Talk us through your boys, mate. Waratah's taking on the force. Uh, is that a Sunday game? It's Sunday afternoon, yeah, uh, which is which is excellent. I think all the, all the fans love that. Uh... Out, hopefully out in the sunshine on the Sunday afternoon, um, a bit of time at the pub beforehand, and um, yeah, so it uh, should be good. The Waratahs, I think, will have a have a pretty sort of settled team, and um, I think the only ones they're waiting on this week are uh, whether Mitch Chapman, and um, who is in line to start, and uh, Brendan McKibben, who would be the reserve mm. halfback, both uh, had head knocks last uh, Friday night, so... Just where they've trained during the week, but whether they whether they sort of pass all the sort of various stages of the concussion protocol and can take their place, um, so it'd be interesting to see whether they play. But otherwise, it'll be very much uh, all all the big names will be lining up and they're all fit. So um, look, I, I think the Waratahs will they'll hopefully uh, tighten up their defence from the trial last Friday. But I think they'll be very hard for the uh, the force to beat. And look, I, I, I'm expecting. I don't expect this one to be too close. I think the uh, the Waratahs sort of have certainly made um, Allianz Stadium a bit of a fortress in recent years, and uh, I think that will continue. Uh, they'll have a bit too much class for the Force, um, but certainly can't take them lightly because uh, the Force have plenty of quality players as well. So, But, yeah, certainly tipping the Waratahs in this one. Yeah, me too, mate. It'd be an absolute ambush if the Force got up. With all due respect to our, our Western listeners and the, and the Force team over there, I'd be very surprised, but... Uh, if it is, it'd be a match well worth watching because um, it'd be quite the performance from the force. But yep, I'm the same Waratahs and, and Waratahs by a fair chunk. 
rest of the games I'll run through won't bother commenting too much you can listen to your old New Zealand or South African podcast for that sort of information but the Lions are taking on the Hurricanes over in Joburg Blues are taking on the Chiefs at Auckland Sharks and Cheetahs at Durban the Bulls and Stormers at Pretoria and the Highlanders had the bye which wraps up our first week of Super Rugby um, very exciting stuff can't wait for it to start Will the trials are great but this is the real stuff now Absolutely, it's good to have it back. Uh, I certainly missed it, uh, and uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, parking myself in front of the TV for as much of the weekend as possible. <laughs> um, mate, let's touch on a quick uh, some of the other news that's in, in rugby at the moment. Obviously, we won't cover everything from from the, our last podcast, but a few significant things. I guess, arguably, the most significant thing that's happened over recent weeks is this uh, the fee structure changing and the insurance charging from the ARU to clubs, which is threatens to sort of blow up grassroots rugby if you hear some articles and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we could go on and on and on, and it, it could deserve its own podcast, but, guys, Hugh Cavill's in the process of writing a, 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 bit, a piece on that and had a bit of a read of it today, and it's, it's a fascinating read. Um, there's some great chat about it on our forum. It's worth getting into there if you're interested, but keep an eye out for Hugh's piece, uh, hopefully up this week, um, which provides a great sort of insight as to what's going on and why and perhaps some of the issues and what hasn't gone well for the ARU, amongst other things. And, and eye-opening in terms of uh, uh, a few check-ins and re- reality checks in terms of some of the stuff that has taken place that we weren't aware of so interesting there one from there from Hugh uh, with the season sort of upon us and, and registrations for juniors at least starting and I'm sure seniors not too far behind the sevens mate have you followed much of the sevens will we had a bit of a disappointing recent tournament yeah I, uh, I didn't get to see uh, didn't get to see much of it but I uh, certainly saw the results uh, Men unfortunately uh, ducking out in the semi in the quarterfinals, and um, I think then they lost the final of the uh, is it the Shield is the second uh, the, the second tournament for those yeah, who get we... get knocked out in the quarters. We lost to Fiji yeah, after that's right. losing them to them in the pool game we as well. Finished sixth in in, in the yep. end anyway, so which is a real blow because I think for qualification for the Olympics we need a bit in that top four, um, and we're still in fourth place, but England are creeping up upon us so. We're off to Las Vegas now, and we really need a good performance there. I think we've got a fairly um, uh, a compliant pool, I guess you could say, Will, in that one. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I think uh, I think then we're potentially up against either New Zealand or Fiji yeah. in a quarterfinal. So again, going to be pretty difficult. But um, look, we, we need to pull out a big result. I think you, you you can't sort of rely on making the semi-finals each time, as, as we obviously found out, and. Um, you need to crack it and make the final a couple of times and, and probably win a tournament to try and really secure that sort of top four spot that we need to to guarantee Olympic qualification. Yeah. Uh, a you, little rosier for the women, though. Yeah, exactly. You talk Olympics, they, they got to play over in Sao Paulo and Brazil for the Brazil Sevens. Unfortunately, they made the final, but went down 17-10 to the Kiwis in that cup final, which is a bit of a regular occurrence taking on New Zealand. They don't obviously always lose, but uh, great work by the women to, to reach the final. Disappointing loss, uh, I'm sure. But the other interesting uh, result from that tournament was Brazil themselves, the host nation, who will get it be an automatic qualifier, actually, I believe, made the quarterfinals uh, for that event, which is a great effort for uh, a bit of a non-traditional uh, rugby nation. Definitely. Um, what about the Six Nations, mate? Did you see any of that? Yes, I saw the uh, the Wales England game, um, which I think the big talking point that's come yeah. out of that during the week is uh, George North yeah. uh, getting knocked out, and then um, 
going off the field but passing his concussion protocol but then later in the game having another head knock and apparently no one saw it well at least the <laughs> medicos didn't see it but um so that certainly created i guess most of the post-match talk uh i guess apparently england won the game but uh, no one's been talking about that but uh it was a was a pretty good co- contest um but uh yeah and um but i think the team and i guess everyone was thinking that wales could have been the team to beat this year but uh they sort of they really struggled to sort of step up that extra level, but uh, and you can't really lose that home game to start off yeah. with and, and still win the Six Nations, I think. But uh, a, a lot of note for the Wallabies because that's the two teams we'll play in our pool for the Rugby World Cup. So as you say, England running away twenty-one to sixteen winners. Other games results: Ireland smashing uh, Italy twenty-six to three, and France pretty tight over Scotland fifteen to eight over there at the start of France. So. Um, it, was only, it was all penalty goals, yeah, I, yeah, I believe, yeah. um, So for, the, for France. And, look, I, I did think Scotland were a bit of a smoky in that game. Um, yeah. France, who knows what France you get. And, uh, obviously, they just get enough to get over the line there, but uh, probably could have gone either way. But, um, look, maybe Ireland's the team to beat now. Um, but, uh, looking, England look quite good as well, and their, their forwards are pretty, pretty strong and... Um, I guess the the back I like the look of is it, is it Watson on the the wing? He um, I think he scored a try against the Wallabies on the end of year tour, and he's uh, he's got some silky skills and he's sort of very fast and got great footwork. So uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So interesting round this one. England will take on Italy at Twickenham there, and you'd expect uh, uh, you know a good win to England there. Um, but a couple of other good games: Ireland taking on France at, at Aviva Stadium. Uh, the both the first round winners and, and we'll get to see whether France can uh, you know better than their score might reflect and then Scotland will take on Wales at Murrayfield so um, yeah very interesting there Scotland have a chance to perhaps cause another upset against Wales um, that pretty much covers it from school you know there's plenty of other stuff and there's masses of players leaving the Wallabies and going overseas but again that's something we might have to cover off on another time look I did want to finish by saying there are currently the Shorty Awards which is www.shortyawards s-h-o-r-t-y awards.com which are podcast awards I've seen them out there and there and abouts not wanting to push our own barrow but we're just going to push our own barrow for a little second guys and if, <laughs> if anyone feels like voting for us feel free I don't know what categories I think there's a sports category or something but jump on that website and vote for the Green and Gold Rugby podcast and let's see what comes of this hey Absolutely. If you've got if you've got all the way to the end, it, uh, it must be pretty good. So uh, get on there and vote. <laughs> exactly right. You can't fast forward these things. There's no point. Um, all right, Will. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, let's get ready. It, it all begins two days time. We'll be sitting down and, and having sort of just finished our second game of uh, of rugby for the evening. So just can't Fantastic. bloody wait. I can't wait. Exactly. Yeah, should, right. uh, should be good. Everyone, listen. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend's rugby, and we'll be back next week. And we'll have a, a special guest with us next week. We'll speak to you again. Yeah. 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 Yeah.